Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and a podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from the New South Wales Central Coast, which is Garingai land. And I'm joined by... Woman Jenka, this is Coach Kiwi. I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country in the Eastern Kulin Nation. And I'm Loz and I'm broadcasting from the Sutherland Shire, which is in Darawal country. In this week's show, our round four pod for AFLW Season 7, we will review the Giants and Swans games. We'll have a bit of a chat about the other matches. We've got our suggestion box, which had a great response from last week, and it's back again this week. And we're going to talk about dream time at the E. So let's chat about the Giants and the Swans game. So um, poor results for both of them. Um, get into it, ladies. Yeah. Well, oh. Go. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, it. Um, whilst it was poor results, where we all want to get in there, the Giants, um, I think, given that it was maybe the, their home game, I think most people would have expected they'd win. They would have expected a, a close game. But for the Giants, they'd be very disappointed in themselves, having come in off a big score the week before against the Swans. So only get one goal for the whole match. I mean, it was 1-3 to 2-4. So low-scoring game, but, uh, you know, having such a good spread of goal scorers last week to get the one goal this week pretty disappointing and they got didn't they get that they they kicked the first goal of the match I think isn't that correct I think that's right yes so uh they had glory early (laughs) and then uh not so much well they kicked one goal one the first quarter and then Mm. didn't get anything else and two more behinds in the fourth quarter that's it two behinds in three quarters of footy is um, it's not really, it's not, uh, it's definitely not what we expect to see. I think at this level, we'd, we'd expect to see more than that. Uh, but credit to the, the Eagles, you know, they only arrived at, I think, 6 p.m. Sydney time the night before. They played at 11 a.m. our time, which is on their body clock, 9 a.m. Um, mm. So to, yes, it was low scoring, but it was a close game. So I think they defended really well. So, um you know, it's. I think they played one of their their better matches. They're certainly an improved improved side, but uh, yeah, the yeah. Giants, so we've we've got to give surprising. credit to them, not just uh, not just focus on the the Giants' loss. Despite that, the Giants only scored one goal. Three, they actually had thirteen shots at goal, um, compared to West Coast eight shots. So their inaccuracy and just not even able to get a point. Um, is is worrying, and especially after last week when they proved, and they've done this since their practice games this year, they've proved they've got different avenues to go. Um, well, I think I that know. was a disappointing thing because we saw the week before, and even in the first two matches whilst I was scoring, that they've got other avenues. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's – but, you know, as you said, it wasn't all loss. There were still some good individual performances as well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Elise Parker. Um, again, I think we just get used to her playing well. She, um, you know, it's in the first three rounds, she was named in, in the team of the, the week. 
um, along with uh, Greta Brody from the Lions. And I thought Jodie Hicks played a really good game as well. Yeah, Jodie was fantastic. Um, also, I think Alicia Eva, when she got on the outside, she actually showed a bit of class and pace, which I think we've we've probably not seen a lot of that from Alicia in the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, we knew she can do it, uh, just probably not seen it enough. But um, look, for for me, I I felt like they they were just it felt like their efficiency wasn't that great. Um, the stats are saying they're still sitting around about sixty percent, which is, you know, great. This is it's fine at this level. It was a very it was wet underfoot. I think it rained right before the game started, so that is going to make a big difference um, with the skills, without a doubt. But for mine, it just looked to me like what we're starting to notice is some of the girls, and perhaps it could be the ones. Um, coming out of the Sydney competition where you don't get real high-quality pressure games um, as, their, as their bread and butter throughout before they're drafted or signed. But it just looked like some were lacking some footy IQ. So just their decision-making was a little bit off. Um, they were slow to set up at the stoppages. And, and you know, the ball is starting to leave the umpire's hand and some of those mids were still coming in to set up. So it means they're not even in position to then engage, which is um, usually make contact with their opponent. So then they can then own that front spot or own the side, wherever they need to get the taps from the ruck. So they're not even coming in and setting up in that sort of space. So it just says to me, are they were they just lacking some hunger? Were they tired? Were they fatigued? Or do they are they just not aware that this is what you need to do at this level, um, you know, to to play these games? And um, I just thought it just looked really worrying. And and you know, if we go on to the Swans game, same kind of thing. You know, the the footy IQ and that decision making is so crucial at this level, and you have to make it. And you know, anyone who wants to go and watch some highlights, go and have a look at little Sophia Hurley. She is one of the smartest footballers around and you can see her before she gets the ball, she's got a quick scan of the eyes around. She'll try little hand passes under players or a little kick to get out because she knows where her teammates are or where the ball needs to go. And that's what we need. You know, I think Swans, um, you know, they were missing Cynthia Hamilton in the forward line for sure. She was a big loss. But our midfielders, and we said this from the beginning with the Swans, that our midfields are not winning enough football. You know, Montana Hand, great. She came back and she got, I think she got about 24 disposals. But the other ones are still sitting around 19-11. And have a look across the AFL competition. All midfielders tend to get over 20. And you need to be getting your hands on the ball that many times to be able to start making an impact and get the ball going forward so you can get on the scoreboard. And if Swans can't win anything through the middle of the ground, they're being torn apart in that back line. Um, I don't even know what's going on with the back line. Like, it's hard to defend when the ball's coming in so often, isn't it? Because you're just under it, pressure. All the, you're not getting a let absolutely. up. And so it, it is difficult. But you mentioned Ham there. Um, I know, you know, it wasn't a, a great scoreline for the Swans and, and you know, uh, I mean, we shouldn't um, – we should mention the score. It was 10-8-68 to, uh, to two behinds. So, you know, to not score in a game is definitely a concern. But um, Ham at 
in only her second game, and I don't even know if she's 18 years old yet, she's, if not their best player, um, but you need help. You can't just rely on a couple of players to... Exactly, and and, um, and what they what they started to do was Swans conceded goals from the ball going over the back, so and potentially there was a bit of a wind. I'm not sure, but so then you change, you change, and you mark it up. And I think it was young Hannah Ewings. She got two of her goals pretty simply from flying around the back. Change up who's on her. Change up how you're on her. Change. Don't let players do the same thing. You know, repetitively. Um, but perhaps some of that's a bit of um, obviously the the coach can and and the line coaches can move players around, but perhaps some of that gets down to footy IQ and and having uh, experienced players and and getting experience playing together as a team, knowing that okay, you can make changes to an extent without waiting for the coach to tell you these things because you're on the ground, you get what's going on, and you can you know, make some of those changes, whether it's a match-up or a structural thing, to try and stem the flow. But, uh, yeah, it hasn't been the, uh, the first month they would have liked. The I'll tell you the other big probably alarming thing of the Swans' defence is their, uh, I, I want to call it the tackle pressure or tackles, or lack thereof. So generally when you are a team and you are under the pump, and we've seen this, with um, West Coast or Suns or any of the teams that have been under the pump, their defenders come up with high tackle numbers because that's end up that's what you end up doing. You just tackle after tackle after tackle, generally, right? The Swans defenders' tackle count was pretty low, so maybe it's in a review. They'll come back and they'll look at that and maybe look at their tackle technique, why they're not getting that, or why they're not holding the players, but. Um, I just think, you know, there's a few alarm bells going. and Well, on that subject, Kiwi, the, it seemed that the Swans were caught with the ball. They were tackled a lot. So there were a lot of turnovers. Um, uh, so just I slow was moving really it? Alarmed, I just thought, slow well, moving they, it? Well, that's my question. Are they too slow or were Port too fast? Mm. So then is it the next layer up the field perhaps is not coming back and linking with them? And I know. Lots to look at there before we move on. I just hope maybe, you know, they go and say, perhaps this is a rest week. Next week they're targeting that as their first win, please. <laughs> well, well, that's it. You've got to learn some things, but at the same time, if you dwell on it too much, you're, you're going to get stuck in a negative cycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, sure, sure they got some ball going, and around the field, and you know, is that what is that what is their game plan? Is it to get them on the outside, or is it to get the corridor? The corridor is harder. Not many teams are great at it, and generally, if you want to really press a team, you want to force them to play inside and up the corridor. So, um, Swans tend to go the corridor as an option. So maybe they need to switch it up and. You know, look to get get teams on the outside. Next week, they play at Punt Road Oval, so it is, you know, a nice size field that you can really s- spread teams out wide and and move them that way. Um, Alicia Newman, I thought, was also good. A um, couple of times, it looked like the Swans when they were going forward, they were trying to get the ball out the back for you know a, a leg race, but we don't have the speedy forwards there. Our speedsters, Brooke Lachlan, Alicia Newman, they were playing way up the field. 
Mm. So, you know, maybe maybe it's a shuffling of personnel around to get that going as well. I don't know. Okay. I think uh, we've put that one to bed. But but also congratulations to Port for their first win of the season. And, yeah, and Lausanne now, first-time head coach. Yeah. AFLW, um, the first former player to come in and be a head coach is um, right. fantastic. So it looked like they did it really well on their home field. Um, huge crowd down there. Loved their jumpers um, and looked like a pretty special moment. Hmm. Hey, it's Elise Parker here and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. All right, moving on. Let's have a bit of a chat about the other matches. Loz, take the Yeah, lead. so we'll, uh, Friday night we saw the Kangaroos defeat the Cats. It was 4-4-28 to 2-4-16. So I think that might be the Cats' second loss in a row. Yep. Uh, mm. Moving on. We had then, we've already spoken about the Giants game. The Suns, they had a win up at potentially the ground that's in the nicest location, the Great Barrier <laughs> Reef Arena. Uh, the Suns, 5-12, so pretty inaccurate, 5-12-42 uh, to the Saints, 4-4-28. Perhaps a surprising result there, Kiwi. Yeah, I, I reckon most people would have tipped St Kilda just the way they've been playing this year. They've, you know, playing some pretty, pretty mighty fine fo- um, football and with the tools that they've got um, in their team. Um, but, yeah, credit to the Suns and um, 12 behinds. Yeah, it's a bit of work to polish. I think they had a really strong wind uh, might have counted for some of that. But um, but I love Clelinda, Kalinda Howarth's goal celebration. Um, anyone who does a little goal celebration, love it, but especially a little Indigenous dance like she did. Um, and she had some very special boots on if anyone saw, and I love that little touch because they were wearing their away Guernseys, which is the kind of nice blue mm. and yellow. She had one boot that was the matching blue and one blue boot that was matching yellow. Love it. Yeah, nice. Mm. Very <laughs> nice touch there. Uh, we had our second draw of the season, our second week in a row, and Carlton have involved in both of them. They drew with Frio. Yeah. Both were 5 two, 32 apiece. That's just nuts. <laughs> Absolutely not. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that would have been a hard one to tip. And I reckon the tipsters were probably pretty well split. Um, but, yeah, if you go through the um, stats, they're pretty even except for this efficiency inside 50. Um, so Frio had 12 shots from 25 inside 50s whereas Carlton had seven shots from 28. So um, they might go back and start to polish how they're moving that ball when they get it inside 50 because they're obviously not getting the scores um, out of it. But, yeah, their p- contested possession. Can I just share a stat? Probably won't see this any, any other games. 122 contested possessions each. Hmm. Definitely, well, no surprises. It's a draw then. And uh, 30, okay. 33 marks each. Yeah, well, wow. I do, I do like my stats and patterns. <laughs> uh, moving on, the next game was the Hawks and the Bulldogs. Uh, the Bulldogs now remain undefeated as well. So they had a win over the Hawks. It was the Hawks 117 to the Bulldogs 6137. Uh, I think the Bulldogs have surprised a few people with their start. 
Yeah, look, I think they really have. And, and that was shitty weather. There, there was hail not long before. It absolutely poured on the Indigenous dancers um, and the smoke ceremony as, as they did the welcome to country um, pre-game. But, you know, credit to Bulldogs. I think they were smart. You know, they had some really key small players. And in wet days, that's what you want. The little ones that are going to get in, win that ball, um, Keely Coyne on debut, one of our Sandrian girls, she was fantastic. Riley Wilcox, fantastic. Um, Christy Lamb, Kirsty Lamb, sorry, um, in her 50th match just did Kirsty Lamb things and um, was everywhere. And Ali Blackburn, a couple of or one goals, I think she got just a just a real brilliant um, way that they played the conditions. And it was a grind. They had to really grind it. Um, but um, yeah, just I just thought they just had a really good way that they ground the conditions and kept moving the ball around. And sometimes they took marks that you start to question how are they taking a wet with a mark like it's dry. But credit to them. The next game was uh, earlier today, and that was Collingwood and the Crows. Collingwood had their first loss of the season: two four sixteen to the Crows, two nine twenty one. Yeah, so what's going on there with, uh, I mean, you know, congratulations to the Crows, they won, but that's a lot of inaccuracy. Well, I question, yeah. is it? Is it? Good pressure. I didn't watch all of that match. Colin, but, um, Colin would have got a very solid um, back line, very solid. And and I just think they don't give, they didn't give the Crows space. I was listening on the radio because I was doing some garden work and, um I just kept hearing Livingston's name. So she was obviously um, getting a workout today. Yes, yes, it would seem like it. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a good game. Probably the Pies fans might have wanted a little bit more after the men's result, perhaps. Are you okay, Loz? I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, thoughts and prayers, yeah, Loz. I- I did get I did get thoughts and prayers. I got a lot of people telling me the score yesterday, and uh, but look, I'm I'm still here. If if that's the worst thing that happens on my weekend, um, you know, I, I think I'll I'll get I'll get through. But uh, yeah, Collingwood's first loss, and um, but yeah, again the Crows, uh, they've been very good every season, haven't they? So they're certainly. Um, um I must say though, Ruby Schleiser had two shots and goal in that last quarter. She's a very good kick of the ball. You would just about be backing her to get either one of those. Unfortunately, she missed both. But, you know, it was there for the pies. The pressure was in their forward 50 um, for those last few minutes for the women, not the men. But the women, um, you know, they could have done the opposite. Of what was the it men the pressure? Did. Was it weather? Yeah, or nerves, I don't know. Or maybe just Crow's defensive pressure. You know, they tried to um, hold it in and, and eat some time. Um, they did very well, you know, with a couple of repeat stoppages and then I think they forced it behind. Um, Steph Kiochi, she almost scored, could have equalised. Uh, it was, you know, for Pies fans, you would have been sitting on your edge two days in a row. Yes, well, we, we are used mm. to that. Um, all right, moving on to the next game, another nail biter. Uh, this time, uh, and I think you might have been there, Kiwi. It was the Bombers. They went down at home, three six twenty four to Richmond, three eight twenty six. I was, I was um, a dream time at the E. 
um, at ETU Stadium. It was another crappy weather game. Um, but I must say, Bombers fans came out in their millions. It was it was a very packed field. Millions. Well, that must be the highest crowd attendance we've ever had. Well, that it felt like they're very noisy. <laughs> there were um, there were a, there was a splatter of uh, red and yellow amongst the crowd, um, but perhaps most of the crowd was in their black um, standard Melbourne uniform, black puffer jackets. Um, but yeah, the the grandstand was pretty much red and black. It was. Um, and they were vocal and they were, they were, which I guess, you know, it, we want this to grow, right? We want the crowds to come across in the men's game and acknowledge the women's game. And um, you could just tell the way that they were yelling and some of the things they were yelling. They also don't understand the rules are slightly different in the women's game, but they were obviously supporters from the men's team that have come across and got behind their women's team. So um, fantastic. I hope it, I'm not sure the Essendon um, membership number is, but I hope it's getting a return back for the women's team because um, that's that was a great following. It was Essendon's home game, but it was played at Northport Oval, not out of Essendon. Um, but yeah, credit to Richmond mm -hmm. again, just made better use in the conditions. It was extremely slippery. There is a cricket pitch in the middle of that field, so it's absolute gorgeous grass in the outside, but the middle got very, very slippery, and you could just see players struggling for the centre bounce or stoppages, changing direction and things like that. Um, but um, I think I think the solid, you know, you got some solid bodies with those Hosking twins. Isla Sharon was again strong. She almost actually scored a couple herself. Big long kicks forward and um, the bounce of the ball just didn't quite go through the middle. Uh, but, you know, Essendon, they tried, they tried. They, they didn't go down without a fight. Um, the well, they've certainly been the, the most exciting of the expansion sides, haven't they? I know we're only yeah. a month in, but they've um, they've certainly been the most exciting, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there was a strong win, so one end did get more score than the other. Um, but, yeah, look, good to see Katie, Katie Brennan back as well. I think she's one of the better um, forwards that run around the competition and just her, her – way that she runs lines or her kick of the football is just quite quite nice to watch um but yeah it was it was a grind fest another grind fest right to the end and uh yeah pretty exciting but um i'm stoked for richmond they've had a couple of really close losses so this time they're on the other side of that ledger so uh well done to them and you know i reckon essendon will come back so much more stronger uh for that experience without a doubt and Sorry to say this, Loz, but they play Collingwood next week. Look out. Well, we'll just have to see what happens there, won't we? Um, all right, the last game of the round, whilst it wasn't the closest, it, it's probably one of the better games of the round. Uh, the Demons hosted the Lions down at Casey, very windy down there traditionally, and uh, it was 4-3-27. Now, keep in mind, I believe the – Demons scored three of their goals in the first quarter to the Lions, 6-6-42. But the Demons are up by, I think, four points at uh, the last break. So the Lions just, for those that didn't get to watch it, the Lions absolutely ran over the top of the Demons in the last quarter. Yeah, they did. They kicked 3-3 in that quarter. Um, from what the commentator said, obviously I couldn't make it out to that game. I was still at dreaming time. Um, but I was dreaming. 
is what I meant. I was very tired. Big weekend, <laughs> huge weekend. Um, the commentator said there wasn't a wind, which is surprising for Casey. But if you look at which end scored, the goals got scored at, you would think there was a wind. So, um, yeah, interesting conditions. And um, I think this is what Adelaide did last week, right? They came back strong against Richmond. So that's experience, right? That's just the experience of a team that's played a lot of finals football, has mostly stuck together, not a lot of change. But I just think yeah, these two but teams... But don't get easily panicked. No, these two teams will still be the top two teams at the end of the year. I reckon that. I reckon that's just a preview to what grand final we might see. Yeah, well, time will tell. Interesting. Just one final thing before we move on. The uh, the TV crew listened into Startovich's three quarter time break, and he just kept saying, "Keep it simple. We just need to get territory, belt it forward in the air, kick it along the ground. Just get territory and forwards play high, and then run into the space." And it worked. So, yep. um, but yeah, we've got, fantastic we've got way so to so much speed that they can. Well, that's what he was saying. We've got the speed to get him. But, yeah, it was a fantastic game to uh, finish off the round. Absolutely. This is Alicia Newman and you're listening to The Co-Hanger. So now we have the suggestion box. Over to you, Kiwi. Did you say that a suggestion came in today when you checked the suggestion box? I did. I've got one here from um, Dee Pierce from Land. That's um, the Indigenous word for Melbourne. Um, she is saying. Sorry, sorry. Could you say that one more time? I didn't hear that. D. Pierce from Nam. Nam is D. Pierce from Nam. Got it. Yep. Nam is indigenous word for Melbourne. Um, yep. She is saying, dear commentators, please stop the love fest, especially with Erin Phillips. We all love her, but she's married. Just stick to talking football. <laughs> I don't know. What's she getting <laughs> Well. If you did, if you did tune into the Port um, Scotland game, sure I think was the only player for Port. <laughs> well, yes, and unless you're living under a rock, apparently her dad used to play for Port Adelaide. Yes, yes, did apparently. <laughs> oh, dear. But there were yes. other players in the um, team, you know. You don't just kick it to her. Or she was apparently the only one who could set goals up. But she should have been scoring because it was her 50th. It just got too much. Got very too was much. Only... I agree with DPS. It got too much. Was it only yes. her 50th? Yes. Yes. I guess she did she miss did some um, she had, Yeah, she did games. her ACL. So she missed the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we only, you know, the first year we only had eight games. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Yeah, of course. Oh, God. Yeah, geez. It's a grind. Um, All right. Well, I thank think, you for I your think, suggestion, DP. I think Loz, Loz has got a suggestion as well. She had a look oh, at the Oh, Loz, yeah. You've, well, you've, um, yeah, great. I, I always have something to say, but it is a suggestion box, so it came from someone else. But Adana H from Subiaco <laughs> has said, no games before midday, regardless of the time slot. Um, I think she might be a bit of an Eagles fan. So to, you know, have to interrupt uh, Sunrise or weekend today, um, she was a, a bit annoyed to uh, have to watch a game at 9am Perth time. But uh, I'll tell you what, that was tough going for the Eagles. But, uh, yeah, loving the suggestions that are coming in. Keep them coming, folks. Really enjoying them. Can I just say, I'm loving that the girls are wearing their Indigenous jerseys last week, this week. So a home game and away game or away game, home game, whatever order it's in. Wear them every week. 
That's my yeah. suggestion. Wear yeah. them every oh. week unless it absolutely clashes. But I see no reason why we can't see that Guernsey every week, not just as an away one or not just as a third option. I love them. It says stories. Let's be proud of it. Wear it all the time, please. Should we take that as a suggestion? Yep, from Coach Kiwi. CK, yeah, number multiple, one. Multiple, mul multiple locations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is Scott Gowns and you're listening to the Coat Hanger Footy Radio Show. So looking ahead to round five, Loz, why don't you run us through? Yeah, so the Swans, they play on Friday the 23rd of September at 5.10pm. Now, it's a home game at against the Hawks, but they're actually playing it down at the Swinburne Centre. So for uh, old-time AFL fans, that's the uh, Punt Road Oval. Uh, will the Swans get their first win? I think it's going to be a close one, but I think being in Melbourne, I think the Hawks might get there by a goal or two. No, go Swans. <laughs> I like it. Tipping with your heart. What about you, Kiwi? Well, I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of thinking... If we're at about round five, early in the season, didn't they talk about Maddie Collier's injury and they thought she might be ready around about four or five? So yeah, I'm hoping right. maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, maybe I'm just ever hopeful that Maddie's going to be up and about. She will be busting a gut after seeing how they went against Port and ready to take it. And I think this is what we need. We need something, that kind of pressure to hunt the football that Maddie will bring. The finesse of Montana Ham running off beside her sticks Sophia Hurley in the centre as well, and you've got some sliding glide. The way that that kid moves, she's not a halfback really, but she'll move. And then and then they can set the ball forward and put, leave Brooke Lachlan in the forward line. You know, if Cynthia Hamilton's unavailable, keep Lexi up there. Um, you know, Bella Smith's been pretty handy at either end of the field, but you know, I think they've got some options. So maybe. Go out to win the game. Go hard to win the game. Hawks are very tall, so you're going to have to change up how you play against the Hawks, um, although they have lost a couple of tools, I guess. So then you could work around. Um, but, you know, they've been using Tegan Cunningham as their fullback. So um, probably do we, if we put Lexi Hamilton up there, that'll be that key markup. So that could nullify having that target. So maybe it frees up Beck Privatelli, use the speed of Newman, Lockman, Lachlan. There's options. I just really want Swans to win and make it a double for the weekend because obviously the men are playing the grand final. Go Swans. So Maddie, Mad Dog, Collier, bring the mongrel. Bring Maddie into the team. Bring the mongrel. Get some bloods. Stuff, culture, ethics, anything you can going on the Friday and um, and and start the boys off. And hopefully the club leave them in town for the long weekend and they get to go down and support the boys on the um, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be pretty special. Yeah, it certainly, certainly would be. And the Giants, they travel to uh, Adelaide to take on the Crows and that's on Sunday at 3.10 p.m. Uh, Sydney time, and that's at Unley Oval. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, hard task for the Giants. Um, the, the Crows, are, they're, they've again shown they're um, going to be a contender. Mm. Unley Oval. Now, is that that suburban grounds? 
I think we it is, to... yeah, that we went to a few mm. years ago and watched a Giants game down there. It, um, and they you know, broke, my, broke my heart. <laughs> Crows can be really, you know, good at home. And I think, I think Giants just need to take their tackle pressure. They didn't score a lot. They didn't set up a lot. Um, so take it in and just play really hard, hungry football and throw the, throw the Crows off their game. And just have to, they just need to do it for a, a prolonged period because, as we've seen over the last few weeks, crows just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, and then drive it home in that last quarter. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Giants have got, you know, some big ticker and they can just maintain some pressure and, um, and repel everything that the crows throw at them. Um, can I just tell you about the games on Friday? So, um, <laughs> Obviously, Thursday, the new public holiday means a couple of games have been bumped forward. So there's a 310 and a 510. So tune into those ones. But on the Friday, you get down for 1240 to the Swinburne Centre and you've got Bulldogs North. Then you run across the road to the um, former Holden Centre, but um, the other side of the MCG is Collingwood's um, club where they are faced, the AIH, AIA Centre. So you run across there for their game. You have time to grab lunch in between as you cross the road. As soon as that finishes, you run back to Swinburne Centre and the Swans play. As soon as that finishes, you haven't got a lot of time, but catch a tram, maybe a, maybe the train will get you there. The train will get you there quick. Jump on the train, whiz down the road to Icon and you get to see Carlton Demons. This is all on the public holiday, holiday and Friday. This is all geared around Melbourneites who have that day off every other state how are you going to watch the football that's rough it <laughs> so is I'm rough staying, I'm in Melbourne not complaining but I'm feeling for you other peeps in the other states how can you keep up with one two three four four games on the Friday I don't know I think we're going to be relying on you coach Kiwi <laughs> roving roving reporter won't be boundary side it'll be uh tram side yeah that's a lot of walk take your my key card with you yes they still use that here unlike the opal in sydney but yes we, we still yeah. have our my key down here yeah. but but, yeah. but that's good that you've, you've planned out the day that's really good <laughs> yes well my season is over shout out to my boys sounding and dragons Brought it home on Friday night. We won the NAB League. Um, it's our fourth time that we've won it, but it's the third, the first time it's been contested since 2019 because of all the COVID stops. Um, mm. So um, just, well, yeah. Congratulations. They didn't, they, they didn't make us have the heartbreakers like um, Pies and Collingwood. So I was rather grateful for that on Friday night. But just exciting talent. And there's, there is a young player. I really want him to go to Swans, just the way that he plays football. But he's, he's too good. There's the problem. So he'll go early in the draft. But just good to be working mm. with the boys and um, um, awesome to finish with a win. But now what do I do? Well, I'm just going to spend Friday walking between Punt Road and AIH Centre and <laughs> – an icon. <laughs> That's what I do now. So, what about the um, what are the, what are they doing for the grand final parade? They're changing that now, are they? Oh yes. Oh, it's the on the water, isn't it? It's on the yarra. It's on the water. So, um, because yep. no I that doesn't fit into the schedule. I just told you, you've only got time to cross that road and time yeah, to grab lunch. The river. You, 
You well, don't that was have my time. concern if uh, <laughs> if roads were going to be blocked, but they're not blocked because the, the river's The Yarra blocked. does go past, kind of goes past where Collingwood's field is. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know that they're going to go that far down, though. I don't think – I'm pretty certain they wouldn't go that far down, which is a shame mm. because we could stand – um, behind the goal at that end and wave to swans as they float. <laughs> but, yes, the parade is different. It's on the water. Yeah. It's um, it's very COVID safe. That's that's the way we are. <laughs> Great. All right. So everyone's Friday and the – so, sorry, are, are you saying that there are AFLW matches on the Thursday? Yes. So they were playing for 7 o'clock or 7.10 at night. But now that it's a worldwide public holiday because somebody important passed away, I think. Um, God rest the Queen. She passed away. So what they've done is, well, you've got the day off. Let's bump up the football games a little bit earlier and give somebody, everyone somewhere, something to watch. So I guess the the original Thursday programming was um, because of the grand final. Yes, yeah. It's time two, and space. Two, yeah. So the two games would have clashed for the viewers, but mm. um, I think Channel 7 doesn't care. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they were both set for about seven. So now one's at 3.10, one's at 5.10, so we can actually catch the both. Right. Um, and one of them is okay. in Victoria. One of them is in the other side of the country. Mm. Optus, Great. Optus Oval and GMHBA. Okay. Great. Uh, thanks, Kiwi. Thanks, Loz. This has been round four pod of the Coat Hanger for A4W Season 7. We'll be coming to you every week on 2SER 107.3. Be sure to catch us on our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. And don't forget to catch the full version of this show in our podcast with extra content in the fifth quarter wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, if you haven't been able to catch up um on the show on apple podcasts you can now there was a bit of a glitch but it's uh, all of those shows are up there now so make sure you catch them if you hadn't uh, hadn't caught them before because there's great interviews um in there with the likes of uh scott gowans and cam bernasconi and elise newman and elise parker so um make sure you catch up on those and as always for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to The Coat Hanger. <laughs>